Welcome to Tete Tete, a sharing of conversations with family and future generations. And I'm Jean Pierre Giraud, and this is my wife, Tina. Hi, Tina. Hi. <laughs> it's kind of awkward, but we're, uh, it's our first podcast. It's one of many, we hope. Uh, so this time we're going to talk about our views on education. And Tina's got a lot to say. <laughs> we hope you enjoy. Oh, I wanted to share something with you, which I think might be um, fodder for a good conversation. But it involves reading an article to you, so I don't know that might take too long, or at least part of it. I can. I don't need. Can to you read summarize this. it? Uh, I don't think I ha- I could say it as well. Oh, I have that problem too. You know, like I, it's it's hard it's okay. for me to, you know, I I don't think I can summarize it really. I mean, I can summarize the first part of it. It's about this guy, you know, how they have the series, how the church has changed the world. Do you do oh, you read the monthly the articles that they have in the Magnificat? Okay, it's a Magnificat article. Okay, how the how the church changed the world. Okay. Yeah. Every month they have the oh. same articles. Oh. You didn't know that. Well, I knew that they had articles. I just and I've read some, but I've never followed them like you have. Yeah, see, articles of the month. These okay. are the same. These are they always have these, but they're different. So, how the church changed the world will be a different one every every month. But it's the credible witnesses. Oh, okay. That's the category. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So I always like to read them because usually they're pretty good. But this one really struck me. Well, what's it say? So it's about this guy who. It starts out with this thing. He's, he was 13 years old. He left home because um, school didn't impress him. And he went to go live in North Dakota with the cowboys. And it 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 starts out with t- a little like narrative about that. And then it's this is about a man named John Sr. You can see his name right there. Oh, yeah. It's like Sr. John Sr. He's a real person. Um. So they said he he was always looking. He was like the person who was the quintessential person who was always looking for reality, looking for truth. But he was finding he wasn't finding it, and he was looking in all the wrong places. Typical, right? And so, yeah. um, after it said that after his stint with the cowboys, he actually did go back to school. He became a professor of English literature. Oh wow! But he wasn't a Christian. He actually went and lived on. Okay. He was a Catholic. That's when he became a Catholic, and he was 37. So he must have been born around 1920. Okay. So this would have been around 1930 when he left home. It was in the early 30s when he was living as a cowboy. Depression. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So a different time than today, obviously. But um, so, okay, so this is where I need to start reading. So, um... It's like, yeah, and you might end up at a university like he did. And he's saying, he's talking about, in this paragraph, I have to preface it, all the things you learn at a public university that aren't truth. (laughs) So this struck me because it's so true. He's like, it's what Senior would call the perennial heresy. It says with Descartes that we know things only by measurement, by the reduction to numbers. Or it says with Sartre, 
that things do not exist until man interprets them, or it agrees with those who say that reality is a social construction, or with the relativists who sail on the sea without a moral compass, nor any knowledge of the heavens to guide them. I just, we can stop and talk too, really. But those things struck me because those are all things that I know affected me as a young person and in college, and friends even. I mean, it's everywhere, you know. Those who say that reality is a social construction. I just got to say that even like some of the, a lot of the things, the articles that I read, all the intellectual articles that I read, they're constantly bringing the word social construction up. Everything's a social construction. Our culture is a social construction. Our values are a social construction. That's why we should, no culture is better than another culture. Or no, you know what I mean? And oh, yeah. It's, it's all everything okay. that we believe in. And that this is what's taught. on yeah. edu- in educate. That's what they're educating kids with. Everything that you believe in is actually just a social construction. So you, you need to not be just stuck in your own head. You need to be open to all the other ideas out there in the world. Because they're all equally true and valid to the people that live yeah. within that. Yeah. Oh, you know, I think, <laughs> I think there's, um, for me... There's a distinction between opening up your mind to all the different possibilities there are. I mean, when you're young, you want to do that, right? You want to kind of seek out what's real truth and what's going on. And is this really good or it's best for me versus this over here? But I find they don't really discern as making a decision like this. Okay, I've, I've checked all these things out, but... I don't really believe in this. This doesn't really work, or this isn't really truth, and it isn't as equal as what I, yeah, what I see over here. You know, I don't. I've looked into um, scientism or atheism, or as agnostic for the longest time. I didn't. I didn't find any value in that, and I don't find that as a real good basis to live one's life. Not more than just my my own subjective. Oh, it doesn't. It isn't right for me. Yeah. And that's what you hear all the time. Yeah. It, you it's, know, it's, it isn't right it's, for me. It's not right for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I think people don't are afraid to say that or even think it. And you're certainly taught not think that. So I Yeah, agree with you. a lot of people don't think that because they, they're taught to think otherwise. Yeah. That's the thing, you know? Well, and I think that goes back to what Robert Barron was talking about, why so many young people are falling away from the faith or from any faith, really. They're just anti-religion because this is what they're presented with. And so they think, well, it's just a, so it's all in my head. So what's the point in believing in it? Yeah, you know. Well, it teaches you to believe in nothing, really, because because yeah. science well, is the only thing that's empirically believable. I mean, it's like right here, yeah. we can only know things by measurement, by the reduction to numbers. That's scientism, really. Yeah. You know, or things don't exist until man interprets them. Yeah. That's social construction. Well, you know, the, the interesting thing I, I, I'd read, I'd put that on a little bit on my blog, too, was uh, that, you know, if you reduce yourself to just believing what science says, then you're saying that that um, what we know right now is all there is to know, you know, that science is going to know everything. You're making the assumption that's, that we can empirically determine everything that there is in the universe and know everything. And you, you, you'd have to have absolute knowledge to say that. You can't say that. Yeah. 
because you can't say science yeah. is going to know everything. You can't say that. And yeah. to, and to make that to make that argument, um, you'd have to know all to really be valid. You'd have to know everything to say that science only science can tell you everything. Yeah. And that's one of the that's one of the concepts that really made me realize that eighth you know believe it or scientism I should say is simply the wrong way to go mm-hmm. because you're never going to have a situation I believe um, or how can you really if you think about it with all certainty say that science will always know all things because there's there could be other dimensions there could be other things you're just not our science is incapable of measuring yeah plus we are incapable of knowing all things because we are limited by the senses, our senses and our intellects. You know, we're not, you know, they're, they're not accounting for the fact that maybe there's some things that are not observable by our five senses. Yeah. Which is the supernatural world, right? Yeah. <laughs> but there could be, even if you didn't believe in a supernatural world, how would you know that there isn't other things out there that cannot be empirically measured because just because our senses can't observe them, you know? Yeah. So anyway, you want me to keep reading? Yeah. I think this is interesting. So it says, But one day, Senior saw a nun with ashes on her forehead and said to himself, There's a woman who really believes something. <laughs> you know, that struck me as... There's a reason to walk around with those ashes on your forehead because you never know whose life is going to be changed just because they see something like that. <laughs> well, they, they I mean, s- come on. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a testament of faith, and it's hard. I'll tell you, it's hard for me. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to go to Ash Wednesday and show up the next and show up that day at work in front of everybody. It's a testament of faith. Yeah. But but still, uh, it, it's the look that people give you, like really. Yeah. Like you really are you really that Catholic? <laughs> Or do you really have faith in God? <laughs> kind of thing, you know. Yeah. We are a company of scientists. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, continue on. So, his, his teaching brought him to medieval art with its frank realism that was yet filled with rich symbols. Not the bare realism of artists who get all the measurements right but lose the soul. He read the rule of St. Benedict and found there the two poles of man's existence. Work, work in the good soil beneath your feet, and prayer directed toward the stars and the God who made them. The world is not an empty illusion. It is, as Senior would call it, a warm and loving plenitude. Reality aims us toward no mere principle, but a person, God, and in whom can we find God if not in Christ? Theology is no mere system. It is a conversation about a person, about God who took on human flesh, who really lived and loved, spoke to the crowds, ate with his friends, died on a cross, and rose again and appeared to those friends in the flesh. Senior saw that the most important things in human life are not generalizations, which is another thing that I find. Mm -hmm. Um, The generalization thing is something I find in the academic world, in mass. Well, I know you read a lot of uh, articles because that's what you yeah. do. You write, um, yeah, summarize They're reading things. things, and it's all come. It's all deconstructed down to this generalizations. It's like, and I remember thinking as reading things, thinking, but this is. It's almost dehumanizing reading this. It's almost dehumanizing. I felt that way. 
You know, the most important things in human life are not generalizations. They are encounters face to face. You can generalize all you want about human beings and you will still not know the person in the next room. Reality is more than abstract. It is singular and personal. That insight animated all that John Sr. was as a teacher, a man, and a Catholic scholar. Reading John Henry Newman brought him to the person of Jesus. On Holy Thursday, 1960, John Sr., 37 years old, was baptized a Catholic along with his wife and their children. John Sr. went on to, to show us the way out of our cultural and educational wasteland. Some people have taken that way, but more will and must because all the alternatives end in a blank wall. I thought this was interesting. So he ended up at the University of Kansas, where he led something called the Integrated Humanities Program. One of its graduates has sent me a copy of the brochure he received when he was a freshman. Senior, with two of his colleagues, would every day violate all the modernist truths about education you can name. I love it. (laughs) He violated all the modernist truths. The modernists have a scorn for memorization. This is so very, very true. It is almost the definition of modernism. So, their students were required to commit poems to memory and learn to recite them or sing them if they were folk songs. Relativists taught that each person made his own moral reality. So, the students sat quietly in class and listened as the three professors sitting in the front discussed art and philosophy, theology, and poetry amongst themselves. People lost in abstraction forget that in man, mind and body are bound together. So, The professors brought the students outside to look at the stars and learn their names and ways. They taught the boys and girls how to waltz and how to sing songs. John Sr. knew that culture could never just be summed up out of an ideologue's head, nor was it the same as mass-produced diversion. It had to do with both the soil and the stars, with cultivation of green-growing things, the raising of animals, the building of houses for real people, and our orientation toward the students, I mean, toward the heavens. The students, starved for beauty and meaning, responded. The program grew tenfold. Many students became Roman Catholics, and others returned to the church they had left. Bishops, priests, nuns, teachers, founders of schools, presidents of colleges, husbands and wives with rich broods of happy children, all have come from that rich seedbed of that program. Of course, that meant that the University of Kansas would have to shut it down. (laughs) Because, you know, we can't have that. (laughs) There's more, but I'll stop for a bit if you want to talk. So, what was the the course? He called it the Integrated Humanities Program. Oh. (laughs) Of course, they they had to put a veneer of non-religious, you know, name on it. But he essentially was... (laughs) At a, at a public university. <laughs> you knew that wouldn't last forever. And th- this was in the 60s. Mm. Go ahead. Things were um, exploding, you know, culturally here and in the church and, you know, yeah. all those liberal ideas. Things were falling apart, you know. So it's interesting that in the midst of that, there's this, like, oasis. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting that, that you wouldn't have anything... Um, like that today that I can imagine in any kind of university. Well, maybe. I don't know if there's Catholic universities or other universities that would have something similar. Tom's Aquinas. Yeah. But... Their whole university is based on this. 
Oh, that's true. I, you're and right. there are other it, Pox it's Catholic the, it's schools. The, uh, it's sort of the, well, the Thomas Aquinas method, right? Where mm-hmm. you have dialogue. And yeah. Well, like, we're just going to sit up here and talk. And the students, you know, can, it's a big discussion. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what they, at Thomas Aquinas, they have classes that are not like, the kids read primary source material, and then they come to class and they have discussions about it. And the teacher's there to, to facilitate the discussion, but they're not just being told what to believe. They're, they're, you know? they're encouraged to think for themselves. And I, I, love the whole, I love the whole Thomas Aquinas method where he takes the opposite point of view. I mean, today, if Thomas Aquinas was alive and, 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 and walking the streets, he'd be, okay... You know, taking the point of view of the atheist and making as strong argument as he could for that, or mm-hmm. for you know, scientism or whatever. Yeah, it would be a you know, a, try as, as rock solid as he possibly could, and then he would take the opposite point of view and try and pick it apart. Yeah, you know, and and I have to say, I wish more people of faith, especially you know, as Catholics. There was more of that. What a lost tradition. Because it seems like the perception is we just either accept everything for the way it is and not know why. Well, I think that's why when people come up with they're challenged, either within themselves or by others, they start start questioning. and They they fall apart. They fall apart because they don't know why they believe what they they, believe. They don't take... But part of that is is because they haven't been properly trained. and And how can you argue against, hey... Take the opposite point of view and make it as strong as you possibly can, and then see if you can de- deconstruct mm-hmm. it in a way that you know mm-hmm. that that demonstrates it isn't a truth, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But nobody wants to talk about philosophy. It's all about science, so there is no you know. Yeah. It's always like, oh, your head's off in the clouds. You're just thinking about some philosophical, metaphysical thing. You're you know. We're talking reality here. We want to come back to the table yeah. and talk about real yeah. things, then fine. Otherwise, feel free to go off on your own and yeah. fantasize about God yeah. existing. Yeah. <laughs> There's no, yeah. It, it's just amazing to me. And that's, you know, that's where it comes in that, like, even within our education systems, there's an overfocus on math and science and STEM, STEM, you know, the science, technology, um, engineering, mathematics. Engineering, mathematics. I'm guessing. Well, that's everything. Like, all the focus is on that. I mean... <laughs> well, when I was a kid, you know? that was... When I was a kid, I remember the focus of being on, being on that... Even when I was, like, in high school, <clears throat> the big thing was engineering. Everyone, you mm-hmm. know, they needed engineers yeah. back in the 70s. Yeah. And that hasn't changed, <laughs> sweetie. That hasn't changed, you know? And, and I see it in everything. Like, even doing, like... Um, it's so funny. Like, the 4-H... The 4-H um, training. So the first part of it was about um, they were talk, just talking about introducing it, and there's nothing wrong with this. They were talking about how 4-H can really help you know kids do better in school, and you know because it's a positive force in kids' lives. And but the, what they kept focusing on um, kids who are involved in 4-H are you know three times more likely to go into the STEM 
you know, things. Or, they're, you know, it was all all about that. Like, they're more likely to do, you know, become doctors or whatever, you know. And it was that was all, all success was measured by that. And there was no mention of anything else. Yeah. And... And that's that's the way it is in our you know our culture. It's all the values put on that. And I gotta say, sweetie, that's why I really like um, the Classical Arts Academy because that's his. I mean, Mr. Michael basing his education on. I mean, he's an expert in Thomas Aquinas. That's you know the education he's trying to provide high school students. And yeah. his religion program is. Studying the Summa, Th- Summa of um, Thomas Aquinas, <laughs> that's the religion program, <laughs> and catechism, the catechism and Bible study. Those are the three pillars. Cate- know the catechism, know the Bible, know Thomas Aquinas. Yeah. And philosophy is right there. It's its own separate class from religion. But uh, you don't even see that in Catholic schools anymore, you know? <laughs> so Catholic schools, I have to say... <laughs> are a huge disappointment for me. And that's why we don't send our kids, with the exception of when we sent Ian to St. Michael's, because true, truly, you know, they were, were, he was being taught by priests, he'd being taught, you know, within the faith. Um, He was taught to think, you know, that's the value of that education. Exactly. uh, I think your, your, your mathematical and scientific abilities need to be informed by philosophy and theology. Yeah. That has to be the basis of everything. Do you want me to read it a little more? Sure. Yeah. Um, oh, I found this interesting. It said one of the, the one of his students who was a Marine went on to found a Benedictine monastery in Oklahoma, Our Lady of Clear Creek. Do you recognize the name of that monastery? It does sound familiar. I.E.W. Andrew Padua. Oh, from here, who's yeah. friends with the Allens. He was one of the people that moved out there to live part, live there. Him and his family live next to that monastery. A whole bunch of people went out there to live next to that monastery and be part of it. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a big connection between San, San Luis Obispo Catholics and Clear Creek. Above all, says one of its founders, Brother Philip Anderson, a monk is a man of prayer. His life says, God exists and we have been created for him. More things have been done by men and women of prayer than this world can know. What we need above all in our time of haste and waste, Senior knew, is the habit of contemplation. Just as we do not really know a poem or painting unless we behold it and open ourselves up to its beauty, so too, even when we are believers, we will find the great works of God close to us, like a book in a strange language, unless we develop the habit of prayer in its most exalted form that of the contemplative. Senior had asked, what is Christian culture? It is essentially the mass. That is not my or anyone's opinion or theory or wish, but the central fact of 2,000 years of history. I love how he just says that. It's not my opinion. It's a fact. (laughs) Schools indebted to the wisdom of John Senior has sprung up all over the United States. We're beginning, but only beginning, to see the fruits of what he set forth in a writing of his called The Restoration of Christian Culture. I want to get a hold of that and read it. (laughs) 
Now, if only all the Catholic schools and colleges would condescend to come home and feed. And if churches everywhere, led by wise pastors, would but learn true poetry again in art and music, and may we love more deeply that bodily and spiritual prayer that is the Mass, soaring above the mere talk of the day, I am seeing many seedlings springing up fresh and green. This was written by um, Anthony Esselin, who is writes a lot of articles for Magnificate. He happens to be a professor at Thomas More College in New Hampshire. Oh, wow. Yeah. Thomas More College. There's mm-hmm. my patron saint. That's the end of that article. It spoke to me because of the education, you know. Yeah. It's just, that's a huge thing for me. And to me, it's more, it's the basis of everything. Because it starts that. Our young people aren't, you know, young people aren't getting... It's not only are they not getting what they need from their education, but they're being fed a lot of garbage. And that's what they take with them, and it affects the whole rest of their lives. Yeah. It's a tragedy. And even if you, even if you had no faith in, the, in Christianity or, or being a Catholic, the disservice there, and I think, is, is not really training people to think for themselves. They, they, there's the veneer of that, right? The vineyard you know, of it, but, but but the thing is, whatever you think is just as valid as what he thinks, yeah. or what this so what other professor does it make? thinks. There's and no, everyone looks to the professors as God because they yeah. seem to know they will know every their opinion is the most important, right? They're really help teaching well, where us how they yeah. get their ideas. Yeah, you know. So I, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's different when I, you know, just my own personal experience going back to college after taking a few years off and was much older. And I did respect my professors, but it definitely took it more with a grain of salt, things that they said, when, especially when it wasn't about, you know, obviously when I was in a, in a, in a geology class and they're, and they're teaching me about geology, I, I took their word at that. But other classes that I still had to take, like... Um, history. History or, you know, Religion philosophy. classes, yeah. yeah. Just I remember took that history of Christianity... Just other things. It was just I, I found myself thinking, wow, that's just really your opinion, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, just trying to think when yeah. you say these things, I'm thinking, you know, because I could. I was reading about other things that were disagreeing with what they were saying. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wish I had some specifics here. I'm just kind of generalizing. Yeah. I'm generalizing, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. It's, it's it seems a disservice to people the kinds of education they get now because. Seeing how some colleges that are you know that that teach that method, that Thomas Aquinas method of um, taking an opposing argument, making as strong as you can, and, and then having someone else come in and try and deconstruct really teaches you to think critically about mm-hmm. the beliefs that you have, yeah, and try and validate those by thinking about that instead of just accepting, yeah. Or just saying, oh, well, that's you what you think. That doesn't mean I think my own truth. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you can't wish your own reality. That's what that makes yeah. me think. What relatives make me think that. Yeah. That I'm just wishing my own reality. Yeah. Of, that's that's what it is. Well, that that is what is meant by relativism. Or, you know, and they they get away with explaining that because they say, well, it's just a social construction. And that sounds so scientific, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, so it sounds valid. It's a, you know it comes down to people don't think about it or even question this. What is the purpose of education? 
people don't, most people don't think about what the purpose of education is. Think about that. And, and I know we were like that when we were young. We didn't question it. You know, people get married, they have kids, their kids turn five, they send them to school, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you don't think about well, why are they going to school? What are they going to be learning there? What is the end result are we hoping for? And most people just think, well, we're going to school to get an education so that they can go to college and get a good job. So that they could be happy in life. That's it. How hollow is that? Whereas, I mean, or are you sending, is the purpose of education to analyze all the things that are, that we can know and arrive at what's true? I think to come up with the truth. And then from that point, that's the, the, the axis of your life is, okay, I've, figured out now what I believe in. This is what's true. So everything else I do in my life now is centered on that. I can go off and, you know, learn my basis of knowledge and go off onto a career and have a family and all this stuff, but everything is centered on this. That has to come first. Yeah. Well, that's that's what we have to treat that's why we have to teach our kids that. <laughs> Ain't gonna get they're not gonna get that in. <laughs> And I mean, that's why I think, you know, when people look at a school like a liberal college, like, say, Thomas Aquinas or Christian Dumb or any of these schools, yeah. you know, like um, Thomas More College is another one. Um, they think, well, what is the point of that? What, what can they do with that? That's not the point of the education. It's not what you can do with it. It's not a utilitarian education. It's an education that's designed to help them learn to think so that they can arrive at the truth. And then once they are equipped with those tools for their life, they go out into the world and figure out what else they're doing. You know, if, if you read that um, paper that we got from Thomas Aquinas uh, College, you know, with all the graduations yeah. information and Bishop Barron's speech in it, you, you can read about what all the different things that these kids are doing now, now that they've graduated with their useless bachelor's degree in liberal arts, right? What are they doing? You know, a lot of them are going to graduate school. They're doing everything. There's there's people who are going into marketing. There's people who are going into engineering. There's people who are going to medical school. There's people, two of them went into the Marines or Navy, I think, or something, the military as officers. You know, there's people who are going being teachers. There's even people going, like, he's going back to his family farm to run the family farm business. I mean, it's all kinds of things, you yeah. know? These are not people who are, they don't know what to do with their life now. I have this useless bachelor degree. <laughs> they do know what they're doing. Well, I, I would also make the argument, too. So, you, if you want to be an engineer, yeah, you have to go to school that offers engineering. Mm -hmm. If you want to be a medical doctor, you have to go. The, yeah. We're not saying we should all be philosophers, but there's something to be said for the Bachelor of Arts versus... Um, happened to go to four-year college to get an engineering degree right off the bat because I think the Bachelor of Arts teaches you how to think more critically and those I find even among obviously among any discipline I think that'd be but even among the I deal with a lot of scientists and engineers at my work and the best ones are the ones who can really think for themselves and think critically and think think outside the box and 
there's so many people being pushed through school mm-hmm. right now that just want to get the degree and jump right in. I was it's one of them. Just checking right? out boxes. Yeah, it's so not you get about in learning. there and you're just you're 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 still you you don't know how to think things through critically to like oh okay I'm just. I have my own idea of, of I can study all I want to and, and work out all the uh, data. I can't do all the data crunching and stuff, but I still could miss things because I'm not trying. I'm not thinking outside the box right. of like generally what is what's this going to be used for and how are we going to how does this interf- interact with w- what someone is doing over here. And yeah, so you can argue that there is a practical. There is a practical. I'm, a practical I'm saying it very badly. It. I'm, a, I'm, I'm, no, no. I'm but poorly I mean, communicating it, that. But Even but, those who don't value or don't believe that you can arrive at truth, because they don't believe in an absolute truth, you can't argue with that practical. Well, I mean, I'm just saying they, they don't. People would say, well, I'm not, I can't go to a, a college like Thomas Aquinas because I want to be an engineer or a doctor. So... That's not going to teach me that. Yeah. Well, it'll teach you that how to be how to think critically, and and even if you if you had colleges that were more focused on just the sciences as their primary thing, have the have, at least have the philosophy and that goes along with it. Have other classes that kids have to take that make that force them to think more for themselves and think critically yeah. instead of just sitting them in front of somebody who's just gonna. Um, Throwing it on, yeah. vomit forth uh, just formulas for them to just go through and crunch, yeah. So they can get their degree and go be an engineer or, or geologist or whoever, well, you, you or know, a doctor, you know. They, a you, lot. Go ahead. Sorry. You got to, um, you got to train people how to think too. It's and it's just too much of we take learn, train people how to take tests so that they can pass a test so that when they get out in the world, everything's a test. Yeah, and it's not much of thinking for yourself because everything's me- got to be measurable. Remember, yeah. that's why there's so such an emphasis on tests. So, so there is value in that way of teaching. And if you don't go to a college that's that's focused on it, like Thomas Aquinas, then bring some of that philosophy back into our universities that tr- teach k- kids to think more for themselves. Yeah. That's my. Thought. You know what the the um, I would say the corpse of that is. <laughs> Is the general education that you're supposed to get. That's what's left. That came from that. That's what's left. They still make kids do that. It's just Mickey Mouse classes. There's no... It's just well, to say that you have a well-rounded <laughs> education. You know? It's, it's a, there's the problem with that, too. Uh, is that it's, it's, it's a socially engineered um, general education, too. Because you, you can't mm-hmm. just take, you know... You can't just take history. You have to take history of a certain culture. Or you have to look at history from a perspective of just, you know, women. Or you have to go through... I mean, they, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with those courses. Those should be but, electives, though. But those seem to be... Well, <laughs> even, you know, even if you say we're offering these but things and you can choose from them, uh, it, it's so socially engineered to what's culturally accepted... That mm-hmm. it's not really it's generalized education, yeah. and it's not really giving you a general, basic, solid foundation for you to move for, forward with yeah. other things. In other words, I wish they'd scrap all that, replace all that with here's you're going to learn for the first two years how to think critically, and then we'll start getting into your your engineering science and stuff, and you can yeah. build on that yeah. because 
it would be a better education for people to understand how to think critically and how to... Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, definitely. I guess, you know, from our perspective, though, as Catholics, learning to think critically is stop short of where you need to go with that. Why are you learning to think critically? To learn to, to you know, I'm still coming back to to learn what the truth is. You know, to answer the biggest questions, which everyone asks, but people are taught they can't find the answers to. You know, what is the purpose of my life? What is the purpose of man? What is man's, you know, uh, function on earth? You know, why are we yeah. here? What are we supposed to be doing? You know, thinking about those questions that you that you ask versus the watered down generalized education that yeah. people usually get now, which is relativistic, which is yeah. Well, well go ahead and believe what you them. want to because it doesn't matter because I believe in something. Well, it doesn't different. even teach them to think because all it is is this quantitative just analysis. Accepting. Class. We're just accepting all the a billion this different history points class, of view. You got to take yeah. off. You got the checklist of all the things: the social science, the physical science, the math. You know the lit. You got to take those classes, but they're not teaching you anything about how to think. There's no philosophy involved in there, and it's just a body of knowledge. You know that's all it is. There's no here. Read this textbook. Listen to the professors drone on. <laughs> There's no real learning going on. You know, definitely no truth seeking <laughs> going on in any of that. And most people don't take those classes seriously because they just want to get that out of the way so that they can get to my engineering classes or whatever classes, you know, the classes that are going to get me to my career so I can start making money and be happy. Because <laughs> it's all about money. <laughs> you know, it, interestingly, that reminds me of a story uh, of a professor who was really irritated in class with a couple of students kept peppering him with, well, yeah, you're teaching us geology, but why are we not looking at geology that's going to get me a job? It's not just, it's not even the geology of like, the, you have to know the basics of geology yeah. to go on to learn about um, oil uh, exploration or maybe working in mines or you can mm -hmm. do environmental geology. There's different yeah. kinds of geology you could do, right? Right. But you have to learn the basics of geology yeah, before of you course. build on that, right? But there were people that were actually angry at the professor because he was wasting time on general foundation blocks of geology that they, he should be focused on how am I going to get a job just teach me how to how to find oil in the ground you know don't waste my time with talking about good lord and, and that I think <laughs> it's like it kind of underscores I think my point and wow is that you gotta you gotta <laughs> have the basics first and not just jump right into uh, this and, and again, that is part of just understanding. You can't understand things if you yeah. don't really have um, a good foundation. Everything will fall. Your your no body of knowledge will stand without a firm foundation. Yeah. Under it, you know. Anyway, we're probably going to have to. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I could we, I could see her little picture here of. Uh, I'm glad we have this little monitor to see what's going on. Yeah. Because I'm keeping well, an eye on her. She's, she's getting, uh, doing she's her now. gymnastics morning routine. <laughs> Yeah, she threw, she's throwing all her stuff out of her crib, so she's getting. Well, she's got to have room to do her so gymnastics. We're probably gonna have to, gonna have to call it. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for doing this. It's our first podcast. Yay!